Hello and welcome back to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets. I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over a, a lot. I mean, let's just get right down to brass tacks. If you're listening to this and you don't follow me on Twitter, you may have not seen that I tied uh, the $15 GPP on Saturday night. Huge, huge, huge stuff. So uh, 15K split two ways for first and second place. Taking home $7,500 was not bad. I had some decent bets that also hit, but uh, nothing really compared to $7,500 on 15. I didn't make a lot of lineups on Saturday. I did a live show with Griff Dog, who used to be on this network himself. Um, we did a live show Saturday. I kind of talked through my process and why I was building you know, a lineup like I was going to build. I said, verbatim, I am playing just circuit in net. I'm making one lineup. And I'm going to have Toronto. And I was like, I don't know the cheap option specifically, but Seattle made sense. And I mentioned that like a lot of people are going to go to Montreal and for good reason, I might go over to Seattle and try to get some Calgary was my plan. And I know uh, I already had this question asked once of like, well, you went with Noah Hannafin and you went three defensemen. Was there a reason behind that? And I, I'll just say this, you know, when you're if just as a general roster construction move is that playing three defensemen is totally fine, totally justifiable. It's not something that you have to do to win a GPP by any stretch, but I do think that there is something on a slate, you know, a six, seven game slate uh, to consider a defender that's going to see that kind of run um, just because of the upside of them getting a three point night. I, I don't think it's that far off of another forward where, um, you know, Noah Hannafin, really the reason I played him is just the price didn't make sense to me. His run had been really high. His I Corsi, for, for per game was incredibly high. One of the like highest per dollar as far as guys that are just taking shot attempts. And that's why I put him in. I thought, you know what, if the, one of those shots does go in, it, you know, this guy could smash and it happened, you know, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't a little bit of luck. Like a defense been scoring a goal is just sometimes can be luck. And that got me there though. You know, it was 21 point night when everyone else in that kind of similar price range was going with uh, you know, just not Noah Hannafin and having three defensemen with Morgan Riley who smashed Vince Dunn who smashed and Noah Hannafin that smashed set me way apart. So I do think it's a good differentiator. I felt like I was already playing, uh, you know, the three man Toronto with Matthews and Marner and Riley, that was going to be kind of hammered. So I wanted to get different with Seattle and I wanted to get even more different because I didn't think Seattle was going to be ultra contrarian. And that's why I kind of went with that defenseman choice there, put him in the utility. I thought maybe I'll back out of it last minute to be fair, maybe because I was drinking, I, I, I didn't really think, you know, I, I looked at everything. I looked it over and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to write it. And maybe if, if I was completely sober, I may have said, yeah, let's try to get another guy in the mix, but I wanted to get a guy. The old, I mean, Blake Coleman, like, that kind of a player was what I was looking for. A guy that we've seen peak performances from, but I felt at the end of the day, it was best to go with that power play to upside um, and that shot rate that we've seen in recent play from Hannafin. So I did take 7,500 home. Um, I think like all of my bets on Saturday equaled like, I think it was like $40 profit or something stupid. I'm just sitting there like, well, this is a little more important. So I wanted to get to that off the cuff. Uh, mentioned that note, you know, I had a lot of congratulations, a lot of people reaching out, like, thank you to everyone that, you know, this community is so amazing and it's always good to share it with others, you know, and have fun. So um, definitely let's take on another. I mean, there's no reason not to come out on Monday and go swinging again. I don't know if I'm going to have the same mentality, but there's, you know, really three pillars of DFS um, of how to build a lineup. And, and number one is, you know, your leverage plays. I think in my opinion, the one is, you know, uh, expo exposure, I think, or I don't know. I know there's a guy that has rules, but like the leverage has to be included. And depending on the size of the slate, the leverage is going to have to change. 
Um, everyone, I, you know, I think that takes this seriously can build a lineup that could get there. So it's really about, um, you know, if you're going to build a chalk lineup, how are you going to be different enough to you know, capture the upside of winning the whole slate? And, you know, I think that's kind of a mentality in a four game slate. There's eight teams. I think obviously Edmonton, Colorado are going to be hammered on. Minnesota might get some looks. It's that's why it's kind of about, you know, finding that unique stack that will be lower owned that's going to get you there. And I think there's a few options here. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, we're going to start with Boston at Montreal and we're going to start with the bets. So thank you for, you know, let me take my victory lap. Let's get into it though. Boston, massive road favorites, minus 235. I mean, I'm going to end up taking Montreal. The line has moved a ton during the day. The issues that we have, number one, is we really don't know for sure about Patrice Bergeron. He did not practice on Sunday. So, yeah, probably isn't going to play, but we really don't know. Um, they had Nozick in on that line with um, Marchand and Debruska. Stanikas also not in, uh, was not in practice. I can't imagine that sticks, but then again, Nozick did play with Pasternak and Hall. So, like, they must trust him enough. Uh, what I think that the moral of all of this is, Boston without Bergeron with a lot of guys that really aren't that great are finding ways to win. That's what makes this bet hard. But on the other side, we have a Montreal team that, I mean, really did, you know, play well enough against, you know, I think they got a little bit lucky five goals and two expected isn't going to happen that often, especially against Boston, but this is a team that just is scoring goals and the top line of Suzuki Caulfield and Anderson, I think is going to get a lot of looks here. I don't love this game as an over bet. Um, I don't really think it's like an absolute smash under either, but it really depends on who's in net. Now, back-to-back games for Jake Allen for Montreal, I don't think he'll be going here. What are they fighting for besides pride at this point? I guess you'd argue the coach in St. Louis fighting for the job, but this game doesn't really scream expected goals. Boston does rate out really well while Montreal doesn't in expected goals, but the pace seems to be meh to okay. None of these games absolutely blow the doors off for me. So I, I think the overall take on this game is it's really hard to bet. I'm going to end up, if it gets to plus 200 or more at home, Montreal kind of rolling. I'm just going to roll the dice on it. If Bergeron's out, we might, you know, the line might move a lot once we get that confirmation, but I'm okay with it. Um, I don't know if there's a lot other than that I'm going to take here. I just don't trust Boston on the puck line. And yeah, yeah, there's really not, not much more to say. As far as props are concerned, which I know a lot of people are probably, might be more interested in, at, over the last 10, Marchand and Pasternak are about the same at 7.2 for, for Marchand, 7.1 shot attempts per game. Those are great numbers, amazing numbers. I know we can get Marchand at 2.5 on some books, and I will be hammering that as probably my favorite. He is definitely getting there. His top power play is you know, Hall, who scored last game with Marchand, McAvoy, Pasternak, and Coyle. Coyle will obviously come out if Bergeron's back. I don't know if, you know, I, I talked about this on the on the on Griff Dogs uh, live show, where sometimes people will see like, oh, Bergeron's back in, so I can't play Marchand now. And I don't think that's true. Just because you have a supremely gifted player by your side doesn't automatically mean this person a is going to shoot a ton more than the other player just because he's skilled doesn't mean he's has to shoot but b having a good line that can produce offense and control the puck is good for everyone um so i i really don't i'm never a guy that's like scared away by um other line mates that can shoot uh bergeron's had a really really good year as far as great shots he's right up there over the past 10 and shot attempts per game all three of them are posternak marchand and bergeron 
probably because they're good at hockey and they play well together. So it doesn't really scare me. And I don't know if there's any line on Montreal, especially when you get into those depth lines, that scares me enough that they couldn't dominate. Uh, Marshan in the last game had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six shots on goal, one missed the net and three get blocked. That seems pretty likely he can get over two and a half. Maybe you can find it at three and a half and, and you get plus money on it. That might even be more fun. Um, him and Pasternak and Hall all would have hit their shot props last game. I don't think any of them are out of the question here. Definitely check them out. You know, prize picks, underdog, any of those sites as well. If you if you get those guys, totally okay with it. Hall, a bit more fringe, obviously. Uh, Montreal, it's going to be tougher to come by. I think lines that are really, really strong. Um, Armia was the guy to have. Uh, he, of course, gets taken off of the Caulfield-Suzuki line and smashes. Um, Suzuki didn't really get the shot volume that we were looking for out of him. He'd been really strong before this game. Uh, Caulfield and Josh Anderson, I mean, that, that is a lot to share. Um, that line just didn't dominate enough against Ottawa to get the shots that they needed. And, and it's probably just because they're not as good as, you know, like a, a, Mer, a Marchand line. So, yeah, it's really tough for me to find a prop I'm overly ambitious about here. So I probably just fade out Montreal props, take a better one in Boston and move on. Game number two is the Vegas Golden Knights at the Minnesota Wild. Again, we got, you know, I'm not again, I guess, but we got some, we got some shocking news that um, Eichel was ended up playing in the last game. And, you know, that was unexpected. They win five to one. Eichel, Carlson, and, and uh, Marsh, Marsh so were on the ice for two goals. Both of them are Petrangelo at five on five, and they scored on the power play. Eichel had the assist to, St- to Stevenson. So, yeah, Chandler Stevenson scored on the power play, not with those guys. I love that line here, but it is Minnesota. So I do think this is a, a situation where you're getting, you know, this game, that line didn't quite get the minutes that you'd be used to because they were up five to one. Like they're not just going to roll Eichel, who's probably playing with a bit of an injury for no good reason. So I do think this is a bit of a better, like, potential peak performance because we've seen this line in Eichel, Carlson, and Marcuso run a lot more. I, I do think that you can take two of those and put them with one of the defensemen. Pietrangelo might be a little bit popular after his 21-point effort. Wait, actually, he only had one goal. One goal, one assist. I don't know. It said two on the other side I was just looking at, but I guess only have one goal. But he might be a bit more popular than a guy like Shea Theodore, um, who just hasn't really been performing up to expectation. He is the top power play, though, with Eichel, Marcuso, Dandoff and Stephenson. So I think that the easiest way, if you are going to go Vegas, which again, I don't think is egregious because Minnesota can give up goals. We've seen them give up goals in bunches in the past, um, but they just are really good at suppressing uh, high danger shop opportunities. But again, like I'm saying, this is like March or so we're talking about, they can still perform. So I think if you put those two with Theodore, it's going to be a really unique stack. Um, it's going to be hard to now afford some of the upper tier stacks that we were going to get to in the next game. But I, I think that's a really unique way of looking at this. I don't quite have as much interest in Minnesota one. Um, Kaprizov at 8K has been unbelievable. His shot prop has been one that I like at three and a half. I don't love. He's hit it the past two times. I think it's okay here, um, but I'm not crazy bullish on it. I, you know, I, I, it really does kind of depend on the goaltending. If it is, you know, Logan Thompson, um, you know, he's been, he played against LA. He played really well. I kind of think they're probably going to go back to Persuas. Um, I, Persuas has been bad. He's given up four goals in back-to-back games, but you know, I don't think this goalie is completely useless. I don't think this is someone you have to say is like, yeah, had a target against them. Um, so I'd be more mindful of saying, you know what, this game is a, it's really not my favorite and expected goals. It's actually probably right around the worst, if not the worst. So I, I don't mind the under here. The goaltending is very, I mean, if it's Talbot and Versoix, it's hard to really sink your teeth into that under and feel good about it. But under six and a half to me feels pretty nice. Um, you know, you need that 
that Eichel line to score. So if it doesn't, I don't have a ton of faith in Dadov continuing to find the back of the net. The rest of the lines in Vegas are not good. Uh, and then Minnesota, you know, they're not, they're two lines deep. I'd say that they've gotten a bit better, but I don't trust them. I think we're going to get um, Kakinen and, and um, Brassois or what's his name? Yeah. Brassois. I don't think those goals are quite as bad as people might you know, think. So I am going to take the under here. It's probably my favorite bet. Look at some props. Kaprizov might be in the mix. Eichel's definitely in the mix. If he's in, I know the injury could be hand-related, which might scare people off from betting his shot prop. But last game he had, oh boy, not actually, he had three shot attempts. I get why you might want to be scared. If it is a hand injury, I, I've heard of like 10 different reports. I, I, I think it's a hand injury, but they, they're very vague on it. So if you want to stay away from that and go with someone else, I get it. Petrangelo like five shot attempts, only two on net. Um, no one really blew the doors off, but I do think you could look at Rogers or Eichel and feel okay. And on the Minnesota side, um, yeah, it probably stems from Hartman and, and Kaprizov. They are the easy ones. Hartman's probably even better if it's offered to you. I think you just take it over two and a half. Um, if it's three, that's okay. Three and a half is a little bit tight, but it's not the worst in the world. It's not quite as good as like a Marshan, like I was mentioning, but I don't think it's absolutely undoable. Um, but I think if you're doing three and a half, unless it's got to be like plus, you know, maybe like 135 plus um, to go for three and a half with Hartman, Caprice is a better bet there. So we'll move forward. Um, I, oh, I, I, by the, I didn't even say the money lines. Jesus, great content. Uh, minus 155 for Minnesota, plus 135 for Vegas. The reason I really didn't think about it is I'm just not betting it. Uh, Minnesota doesn't have a ton to play for, jostling for position. Vegas has everything to play for, including like probably not making the playoffs at all if they can't string some wins together. So I just don't want to bet it. Uh, I think at this point in the year, we have to start saying just candidly, like you got to put the numbers to the side sometimes and remember what these teams are playing for and then know that that can change the narrative of a game entirely. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm an analytics guy first, but we're, we're too late in the year to, to ignore it. Um, like I said, if I look at this game on paper, this game sets up to be an under bet for sure. And Minnesota should definitely win. You know, I don't have it at a, a massive, massive amount, but this game sets up real nice to be an under. So I'm just going to go with the under, trust the goaltenders to make a few saves and move on. Our next game is the most exciting game. Probably my favorite for the over, over six and a half in Edmonton and Colorado. Shocking, kind of, in my opinion, minus 200 for Colorado, but it's Colorado. I'm wearing the jersey for a re Actually, this is a Patrick Wall. I don't think I've worn this one yet. I, I did wear my Korea, so I did try to get a different one on. But this game, I think, if anything, I'm going to take the Oilers. They've been playing so incredibly well. I think, it, again, it's kind of that same situation where Colorado is probably just I guess playing for the president's trophy, if you want to buy that, but Edmonton still kind of jostling for playoff position. They're probably in, um, but they, they, they can't, you know, they can't take their foot off the gas and they played unreal as of late. Um, the comeback win against New Jersey was very impressive. Just hammering them in the third period, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane, Yamamoto, Hyman, Paul Yarby had all the minutes they could possibly handle. And again, this is going to be another situation where we probably see the same. So, uh, you know, I think this is probably going to be the team I stack the most and try to find pieces around it. It's it's expensive. McDavid's obviously 9K, um, but I think that's where I'm going to go first and foremost. Uh, instead of taking the McKinnon route, McDavid, take him with his line mates and power play mates. So that has to be a Vander Kane. You just got to do it. Yamamoto is just a guy that I'm thinking, you know, I think if you're going all in on Edmonton, it's fine, but it, he is going to be popular again. Um, the price tag on him is 3,800, which it's probably, you know, fair. He's not a great rate shooter. You know, he's not the guy they want to feed on the power play, but 
he's shifty in front of the net and that's how he can kind of find ways to bury pucks. And he plays with Connor McDavid, not too hard to imagine. He couldn't get something done. So overall in this game, I like the over, I like that line a ton. I don't think you're, you're wrong. If you look over at, at Leon Dreisaitl, because that is the guy they want shooting on the power play as much as possible. Um, he's been an, an unbelievable run as of late three, five and a half, uh, or three, five shot on goal games in his past five, one was a four, one was a two. So I'd like his prop um, shooting props just fine, but I, I really think he's in a great position to score because that's who they want shooting the puck in the power play. So I really think if you're like getting, you know, all, all in on Edmonton, a four game slate, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane, Yamamoto, uh, or if you want to go defenseman, go Barry. Um, he's actually been getting a ton of run and power play one time. It seems to be sticking. His price tag at 4200 is just too cheap, in my opinion. So I, I think you run all four and you find the savings elsewhere. We already talked about Montreal as a team that, you know, I did. I guess I didn't mention this specifically, but it's a team you could save with for sure in DraftKings. Um, you can get really cheap with their defense and get guys with good minutes. So I'm not against it. I think that I'm going to end up with a four-man Edmonton stack and I'm going to end up with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. I just make it work from there. You can do it. There are cheap stacks. And there's going to be a couple of guys in the next game that I think will also help you get there. So um, that's probably going to do it for me. I'm not, I think this is like a, like a half unit bet, if you will, or a quarter unit bet on Edmonton. Um, and, and then you just move on, take the over and that's it. Um, last game of the night. Oh, and props. I didn't even say props. Props. I already said dry sidle, Vander Kane shot props. Those are probably the best two. I don't trust the McDavid one quite enough because he's so skilled he can hit it every night, but over three and a half is just, he isn't really shooting enough that he should hit that consistently. Um, he's getting the run. He is doing it right now. You can bet it, but it's very 50, 50 over three and a half. So I don't love it personally. I would almost rather just take his point um, point prop, which is only one and a half at like minus minus one ten. feels better to me. Um, it, neither of them are favorites of mine. Colorado kind of playing Russian roulette right now. I do think that I would prefer Rantanen. He had three shots, Miss the net, three shots get blocked last game. So six shot attempts, zero on net. His prop's going to continue to fall, and it just shouldn't. He's very, very good. So Rantanen on the other side and props for that game. And our final game of the night, Nashville Anaheim. Ah, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the Predators here. Uh, it might be Riddich in net, but I don't really care. Minus 160 is fine. Not my favorite bet. The over-under, I slightly like the under here. I, you know, neither of these teams blow the doors off. I know Nashville just scored six goals last game. Uh, I know Anaheim has been, uh, I guess, bad. Um, and you can consider the puck line even, I'd say, for Nashville because, again, a team fighting for playoff position, trying to make sure they stay in versus a team that's all done and trading off a bunch of assets. So I'm okay with the puck line, if anything, for Nashville. I think plus 155 is something I'm going to bet right now just because, you know, they can win by two empty net goal. It seems right. This team is rolling. Why not? Um, I think the minus 160 is a bit of a parlay piece if you want to parlay stuff together, but it's good. So that's the, the fundamental. The over-under, like I've already alluded to, I, I like the under okay at the plus 100, but I'm just not going to bet it personally. Uh, I think that this game is like right on the nose there. It, I think, actually, let me pull it up. I have it at expected to be five, 5.8. So yeah, five and a half is right on the nose. Um, 5.8. So I, I just don't bet that normally when it's that close. Um, no, thanks. So plus 155 on Nashville. I'll put that in my favorite bets of the night. There's only four games. Um, as far as props are concerned, it's where it gets a little bit trickier. I know a lot of people have been hammering Roman Yossi. I think for good reason. He plays so many minutes. The guy had one, two, three, four, five shots on net, two get blocked. His shot prop definitely in play. 
him over a point and a half, I think is also in play or just a point. I think it's a good parlay piece. Um, and then Duchesne and Forsberg pair really nicely with him. I, I think this will be sort of the, the way most people try to get contrarian because it's not too expensive. Um, Yossi is at 8,200 though, but he's just absolutely on fire. He's smashing. So um, he had three assists in three straight games and four points the game before then. That's up really good. So I'm totally fine with him in any capacity because he's how they generate offense. He is their best player. He has really turned into, if not a, a Norris consideration, um, right behind Makar. He's right, you know, he should be. So I love him a lot. I think if you're playing national, you just got to do it. You're hoping that they blow the doors off Anaheim and are like the only team to do it. So I think you go all in. If you want to go all in on Nashville, but you don't want to pay the Duchesne Forsberg prices because you already bought Edmonton's prices. I, I do think that there's a couple guys to consider. No one that's, you know, no one that you're going to feel great about. Um, Tanner Janot will probably be the easiest piece that people put in um, because Tanner Janot scores a lot of goals. Um, I think more than expected. He's 3,100, but 21 goals on the season is pretty good. Three straight games with goals. If you want to ride the chalkier play, that's him. I think if you want to get different, it's Tolvanen. Um, again, he only has nine goals on the year, but his rates are minorly better. He did score last game. He has two in his past three. Uh, just a guy that, you know, they need to get going in the bottom end. Um, he plays on a line with Granlin and Coonan, who are, I think, better than Janot's line with Trennan and Sissons, personally. They're, they're both fine, I guess. But I think those are the two guys. Um, I'm probably not going to Galaxy brand this any further. The other problem with Janot is he doesn't really see power play run, while Tolvanen does. But on the other side, the flip side of that, you know, does kill penalties and he gets way more minutes. So it's really a, a bit of a toss up. Um, Sissons, if you play uh, Janot, I think makes a lot of sense because as I mentioned, these guys don't really get power play run. So you're assuming that they're going to just score at five on five. Probably Sissons at minimum salary makes sense. He had two assists last game, kind of praying for that again, that minimum salary 13.90 he had. I think it's okay. It's not great. Obviously it's a minimum salary play. You're not really, you know, you, 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 you get what you came for. Um, on the, like I said before, Granlin is with um, Tolvanen. Um, Granlin though, at the very least plays in the first power play. So you get that upside that he gets to play with uh, Forsberg, Duchesne and Yossi on the power play. Really cool stuff there. So, you know, I think I've given you the case for both of them. I don't really think it's worth your while to go with the, the Tam, uh, Tamasino like, unit because Cousins and McCarron are very good at hockey, but you can, like you could, you could definitely, Tamasino is going to be incredibly low owned. Um, and I, you know, you're kind of flipping coins with who's going to be the goal scorer. But personally, I think I'm just going to go if I have to with Granlin and Tolvanen, um with an Edmonton stack, but that might not be what I end up with on the Anaheim side. Yeah. Not interested in a ton here, but the prices are just like unbelievably cheap to the point where I'm almost worried people are going to hammer it in, in DraftKings. Trevor Zegers is 42 freaking hundred. That doesn't feel very uh, nice. He only had 14 minutes last game, but uh, I'm not really buying that that's going to be, that's going to stick. Um, I've been a big fan of Comtois. I've been betting his goal prop here or there. I think he's probably the best minimum salary play on the entire slate. I know he had a zero last game. Uh, game before that, he had the 13. I think he's totally justifiable here. Um, top power play, minimum salary, playing with Henrique and Terry. That's really good. Um, Terry could pair with him even if you'd like to, or Henrique. I think that that's kind of the line that I'm probably the most interested in. Uh, we're not going to see Raquel. I, I can't imagine. I, I assume he'll be traded before this game happens. Um, it could already be for all I know. Um, but Anaheim does not project very well here at all. 
they're cheap enough that you can consider them. And I think if you are considering them, Henry, Comtois, Terry are the three guys. Some people just might not be in on it. And it's like Henrik is more expensive than Zegras. So maybe people just automatically take Zegras, the far more skilled player. I don't really blame them. Who's Zegras playing with, you may ask? Um, Vinny and Sonny Milano. It's kind of the reason why it's a little bit tougher because they don't correlate in the power play. He kind of feels like a, a solo guy to me. Um, or maybe you just put him with uh, Shattenkirk or a Fowler as they get the power play exposure. It's not a terrible two-man stack. If you're going to play Zegers, probably the way to go. I don't think either of these defensemen are at face value, like locks in any capacity, or one of them is infinitely better than the other. I would just side with Fowler for the upside, um, just a bit more of a rate shooter, but they're pretty much the same thing at 34 and 3,500. So go with your gut, I guess, or if you have a, a preference or something in your model that speaks to you, have fun with it. So I'll get you on out of here. I don't know if there's any props I individually love, but Forsberg, Yossi, easy. I live in that by a no. So favorite bets of the night, um, money line related. I'm going to say, well, puck line related. Nashville plus 155. Um, the under, yeah, under six and a half in the Vegas, Minnesota game and the over six and a half in the Edmonton, Colorado game. Those are the three. And props wise, Marchand's going to end up being my favorite, I think. Wait till we see it, but if it's two and a half, heck yeah. So get you on out of here. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your trade deadline. I am, it's like my favorite day of the year. I'm so excited for the trade deadline. So enjoy it. Talk to you. Uh, well, I mean, I'll talk to you tomorrow if you listen to the Morning Skate podcast. Uh, well, Tuesday, I'll have a slate for you. Wednesday, I'm planning on doing another live show with uh, Terry. And then Thursday, Friday podcast, I'll be back on this network on Friday, unless if something changes. But enjoy your trade deadline. Thank <laughs> you.